Special announcement, the Major League Baseball season has just begun. It is the Maximize Your Medicare podcast. Thank you for joining. My name is J.O. Today's podcast is actually the audio version of a YouTube video which exists on the Maximize Your Medicare channel. You can go to it, youtube.com. I think you may have heard of it. Maximize Your Medicare is the name of the channel. You will see a video called Medicare ABCs. This audio portion then does have me making you know comments which does require the slides. So you're gonna have to be able to filter that out if you're gonna be podcast only. That's your prerogative. I just want to give you this explanation, this intro to that. So when I mumbled to myself, I don't know what I'm doing, that actually was referring to me operating the slideshow, the technology, the IT of creating the slideshow itself, not actually to what's going on in Medicare. Thank you for joining today's podcast. As always, not financial advice. It's not clear whether or not uh, it's better with or without autofocus, not really sure, but onward. Uh, thank you for joining. My name is J.O. I am the author of this book, Maximize Your Medicare, sixth edition. You can see my quotes, you know, in various locations in the press uh, or in person online as well as, you know, delivering a number of locations. Tomorrow I'm gonna to be at uh, Saginaw SVSU, which is in Saginaw, Michigan, office in Ann Arbor, went to big school in town, formerly known for football. Uh, this is some stuff about me. I'm a certified financial planner, have an insurance license, spent most of my time uh, in global financial markets in multiple locations. So the important stuff today, we're going to continue on and we're going to be quick about it just to get to the chase, uh, which is today's not financial advice. So I'm certainly able to give you financial advice, but today's not that. I'll need to know a lot more about you. And today is not the offer of certainly or the solicitation of any interest in any financial contract, including but not limited to insurance. And I clearly don't know what I'm doing. Okay. So I'm going to spend a couple of moments on this slide here just to tell you about you know common mistakes. And they're not actually even Medicare mistakes. There are errors in ways that people think about financial contracts. They think about health insurance, you know, and the, and the number one is that they try to, they confuse healthcare with health insurance. And again, I still don't know what I'm doing. Let's see if I can get us back on track. So what ends up happening is people believe that health insurance is the same thing as healthcare. That is not the case. That is not the case, right? Which is that health insurance is a financial contract. That's it. There's no other way around that. Um, I really don't know what I'm doing now. Sorry about this, everyone. Not quite sure how to go backwards. Let's continue on. So you can see what ends up happening is a lot, a lot of subsequent errors occur. A lot of subsequent errors occur. And what ends up happening is people go to their doctor to ask, say, hey, I don't understand health insurance. Who do I ask? I ask my doctor. Mm. So I grew up in medical household. I can very certainly say, you know, I loved my father, of course. But the reality is, is that he was not financial contract analyst, right? That you cannot get away from. And this has other, this is highly aggravating, isn't it? 
Let's see if I can get us back on track here. So you can see what ends up happening here. Whoops, that's not what I wanted to see. So as a result of it not being financial contract and healthcare not being financial, you know, healthcare is don't wake up and drink beer. That's healthcare. Health insurance, financial contract, terms, conditions, and a price, right? That gives out certain payouts if certain things occur. The world has lots of financial contracts, right? Lots of financial contracts. Annuity, financial contract, a stock, an option. These are all different types of financial contracts. Now, and they are not healthcare either. Okay. Mistake number two, not my problem. We have a healthcare system that we go to the same doctors, we go to the same hospitals. You know somebody who's supposed to be on this video. You know someone who's supposed to have this information. You know they're on the wrong track. They're mad at insurance carrier, at financial people. The problem is when they leave an unpaid bill, the next person up has to pay. And so as a result, what we have right, is very, very simple. Right, which is that we have a situation where people do not know the transparency of price of the cost of deliver of services. You'll see this. No one has any idea. Part of that reason is we don't know what the losses are because we don't know if your neighbor has paid the bill or not. So please, if you do take anything away from today, Please share this information, whatever this YouTube or hey, get please encourage them to get the information. I know it's not easy. Again, screwing this up. I thought there was a way. So here's where we're going. Part A, part B. Part D, Medicare Advantage, Medigap questions. Please feel free to send your questions. I am up on the YouTube. We have the new card. This is a card that should be showing up with you. Thankfully, it no longer has your social security number. Um, let's see if we can continue on. I wouldn't have called part A hospital. I would have called it facilities, right? No one asked me because it's not only in hospital, but it also includes skilled nursing facility and hospice. We'll talk about enrollment here. John Smith, we can see it, turned 65 in March of 2016. So notice this is not his actual date of birth. All of Medicare rolls off the first of a month. Can there be exceptions? Yes. John Smith could have had Lou Gehrig's disease, ALS. He could have end-stage renal disease requiring dialysis. Also, you can get qualified. You could get enrolled in Part A early. Third, you can be receiving Social Security disability insurance benefits for 24 months. This March of 2016 would be the first date of month 25. Now, you may understand that some people get lump sum payments. It is calculated from the time in which you are made eligible for Social Security disability insurance benefits. There's a fourth one here, which is John Smith could have been born on April 1st. So don't ask me why this works this way, but if you're born on the first of a month, 
you are qualified for Medicare on the first of the prior month. The easiest way to know this, if you're a New Year's Day baby, your card will read December 1st, not January 1st. Now, Part A is probably the place where people have the greatest amount of misunderstanding. And rather than covering the first 60 days at zero and how much per day, et cetera, what I'm going to be doing is focusing on this. Because the reality is that this grid is known. It's distributed. Medicare in you. Every of the thick booklets describing Medicare. does work. So what we have here is the following. And the focus here is on this thing. You can see where the arrow is. You see the deductible, $1,340 for inpatient hospital care. Benefit period is not calendar year. Let me repeat that. Benefit period is not calendar year. So January, broken kneecap. March, hip replacement surgery, two medical events, and that is how you should understand benefit period, not calendar year. The number of benefit periods, the number of benefit periods in a calendar year is unlimited. So now you can see it. People think, oh, well, I've seen this phrase, this word called deductible. And they just think, okay, it's $1,340 in, in a year. No, because benefit period is not calendar year. Second, let's go down to skilled nursing facility stay. You can see it here. Most people, some people will know somebody. They had a joint replacement, knee replacement. The first 20 days paid by Medicare. And then after 21 days, the 21st day, this is the amount you're responsible for the first $167.50. After day 100, you're responsible for 100%. So the key takeaway here, skilled nursing facility, Medicare is not long-term care. Medicare is not long-term care. We don't have a national strategy for long-term care. We don't, okay? I think we can pretty much agree Medicaid being the backstop, but that is not actually a strategy. Here's the key, which is this is after a three-day inpatient stay at a hospital. So this looks like one criteria here, right? One looks like one criteria. It's not, it's two. One is three day, one is inpatient. Meaning seven day observation stay is not meeting both criteria. Not, it meets the three day, it doesn't meet the inpatient two-day inpatient stay at a hospital does not meet both criteria. So you can see what ends up happening. You meet one, you don't meet the other. You're under the idea that Medicare is paying 100% for the first 20 days. You get home, you, but in fact, you get 20% of the bill. Well, the reason is because you've been covered by Part B, not Part A. I'm quite certain that people have encountered this or have known someone who encounters this, almost certainly. Now let's see if we, oh, it actually worked. Okay, so there is an improvement. And like I said, if you are staying over in a hospital over two midnights, there is something called the two midnight rule which is the presumption then becomes that you are in patient status, 
if you stay over to Midnight Rules. In addition to that, you should also be able to get your status in writing. There's something called a Notice Act. Okay, so there is there. This has been the source of controversy for years. The idea that once you stay over to Midnight's, now you are not in limbo. You are presumed to be inpatient and you're supposed to be told in writing. Now, I've spoken in front of lawyers and talked with lawyers in the past, anecdotally, as you, that you, we know, how the rule, that's the, how the rule is supposed to work. I, we don't have a lot of data on whether or not that actually works. Okay. I suspect, however, it is, it does work. Whether it's being correctly implemented well, that part is not clear. One caveat here. Even though this rule is in effect, and that part is beyond dispute. What is also beyond dispute is that the CMS, the federal government, does have the right after the fact to change your status. That one goes under the umbrella of that stuff we can't control, right? I don't lose sleep under the idea of, well, what happens if the federal government goes back to my records and changes status? That can happen, right? but it's not very likely. And carriers then are just reacting to it. And the reason I swerve out of my way a little bit here to make this point is that it's very easy, clear, convenient to point fingers at the carriers, whether that be a state-based carrier or a big national carrier. That doesn't that doesn't really meet practical reality. The market is almost 60 million Medicare and Medicare beneficiaries. The idea that they're going to knowingly violate rules, the rules set by a government that grants them permission to be a business is fairly unlikely. We don't need to have the letters after my name to understand this. One last thing here is improvement. This number, this word should actually be standard. Improvement standard is waived. This actually is not is also the source of controversy here. Why? Because you actually don't need to be improving inside a nursing home in order to get the benefit of 20 days a year for zero under original Medicare. Under original Medicare. Okay. Class action lawsuit has one of the few times a private citizen is the, the head, the named party of a class action lawsuit, sued the CMS and won. On to go to part B medical. I wouldn't have called it medical. I wasn't asked. I would have called it services. And this is what most people do know, right? Doctor's visit, office visit, blood test, durable medical equipment, x-ray. Okay. Again, John Smith, eligible on the first day of the month that he turned 65. I'll add some extra points about enrollment here. Enrollment begins three months prior to this day. So 2, 1, 12. December 1st, John Smith could have started enrolling. It would have lasted until 4, 5, 6, end of June. 3, 1, 3. There's your answer. The three months prior to this date, this month, the three months after this month. So I served on an expert panel for a website which was powered by Humana called MyMedicareAnswers.com. And the number one question there for, for me that I could see is, can I delay enrollment? The answer to that is yes, if you are a full-time employee covered by your employer at a large employer. Large employee being 20 full-time enrollees. Do not ask me why this is a different definition than under the Affordable Care Act. 
For Medicare, that is 20 full-time enrollees. If you are a full-time employee, that become, you don't have to have, you don't have to enroll in Part B. The reality is, is if you are covered by, by health insurance, you don't have to be, you do, and are working, you don't have to enroll in Part B. You could, in theory, in theory, you could have a Part B plan. You could have a small group employer plan and not Part B. Yes, the answer is yes. In theory, you could. Whether it's a good idea or not is an entirely different matter. And that's just because of economics, right? So my firm, we have employers as clients, small business Yes, we set them up with for their group health insurance plans. And a 65-year-old is every bit of for PPO is a greater than $1,000 as a full sticker price. There's going to be a lot of room to maneuver here between the small employer and the employee in most instances. I'm going to stop leaving you with breadcrumbs there. Let's see here if we can get to next and previous Oops, back. Oh, I actually know what I'm doing. So here, part B, <clears throat> different setup. You have a monthly premium. These are the amounts based off modified adjusted gross income from your last filed income accepted income tax form. So the annual deduct deductible is an annual deductible. It is not, it is by calendar year, 183. We do not know what the number is for 2019, not as yet. From there, once you satisfied 183, this is the structure that many people know, understand. Medicare pays 80, you're responsible for 20. Now, Medicare will pay 80% of the approved amount. Approved amount. What is the approved amount? Here's the issue. Medicare has a long list of treatments and is willing to pay X dollars for a particular treatment. That's your approved amount, approved charge. It's indexed, it's indexed by your location. So clearly in <clears throat> Beverly Hills, or let's just call it in San Francisco, it's gonna be a different price than in you know, Ames, Iowa, okay? The actual charge minus the approved charge is called the Part B access. The Part B access can be 15% higher than this approved charge. So this is the issue here, which is that, and let's just take a, a simple example, not on a slide. Let's just call new replacement, joint replacement surgery, knee replacement surgery, $20,000. And that, that that is the approved charge, the approved amount. Well, the reality is if it's an outpatient <coughs> surgery, which would be covered by part B, the doctor could charge $23,000, not $20,000. So Medicare will pay 80%, not of 23, but of 20. That leaves you with 20% of the 20, which is four, and the entire overage, meaning the 23 minus 20, which is the part to be excess. Seven states in the United States don't have, they disallow this. They disallow this. Don't be too happy because those states also have higher indexed Xs, meaning these approved amounts are, they're thusly higher. And in addition to that, 
the premiums for other plans for Medigap, for example, are slightly higher. Now, people ask me, you know, what um, is this likely? Is this really going to happen? Well, and then they say no. Healthcare system unpaid bills go to the insured. Here's the issue. So physicians, this is a statistic I pulled off the internet and it looks way too low, way too low. If you took my schools and that may be an extreme example, right? You're talking about half a million dollars without a place to eat or sleep yet Right, certainly. So the idea that a physician comes out of school with $100,000 of debt seems way too low. There is such a thing as physician's mortgage in the world where a bank doesn't would not normally lend a person for their primary home except for the fact job description was physician. There's one other thing here, which is that you're seeing stuff you cannot control. What are they? 59 million, almost 60 million people on Medicare. 10,000 people a day on Medicare. The question is, how are we going to pay? How are we going to pay? One way, push down payments. And that's what we have now, which is we're trying to control health care costs now. Right. The question then is, are the doctors going to be satisfied? You can ask the providers in advance. The way to ask them is, do you accept Medicare assignment as full payment? Meaning, do you accept this X as full payment? I'm going to go to prescriptions. And more again, so most states, 25 odd plans. These are standalone prescription plans, which are administered by private companies. More importantly than whether or not you're gonna choose prescription plan one versus prescription plan five, that will change. The point of the video, the point of my favorite book on, on Medicare is actually about how to think about it because the things in the things you cannot control are going to move around. And so now what becomes important is to understand these characteristics. Number one, this is annual contract. And you're going to hear me repeat annual contract when we talk about Medicare Advantage. It runs from January 1st through December 31st. That's it. It's complicated. We've got this complicated combination of these elements. Premium, copay, formulary, premium, everyone knows that is the monthly amount due. You can see if you have higher income levels, you are charged more. You get the plan premium, plus you get something called IRMA, which is a charge which exceeds the plan. So you have to pay the plan and you get this, this charge in addition. This goes to the government. It's a tax. It's a tax. Make no, no, no doubt about it. Higher income, higher amounts, that's a tax. Walks like a tax, quacks like a tax, it's a tax. Co-pays, co-insurance. This is the cost sharing, meaning tier one generic, tier two generic, tier, tier three preferred brand, Tier four, non-preferred brand, different carriers, different plans will have different tiers and copay responsibilities. It can be copay, which is a dollar amount. It can be coinsurance, which is a percentage. Okay. Formulary, that's the approved drug list. At least two medications for every medical reason. Generic must be included if it's available as one of the selections. 2018 and, I, and 
my early look into 2019, there is a separate podcast beyond the scope of today. More complicated, no question. More complicated for a couple of reasons. First of all, this number of here, there are now one, two, three, four, five. Look at this. Oops. There are four, there are four extra tiers here. There are five extra tiers here. Don't ask me again. No one asked me to design this. What we have is greater tax, greater ways to get tax increased taxes. Candidly, I think that that is your answer. This is the donut hole. Okay, people know the donut hole is it's closing. It's closing rapidly. Your specific Part D plan must meet these kinds of goal posts, okay? So your Part D plan can charge up to 415 as the deductible. Many plans cover part or whole in certain instances. That is up to the plan. Between these numbers, you get a copay according to a known schedule. And that is what you can estimate what that is on medicare.gov. You need to be careful. That's what the point of podcast is. I want to call it podcast 73. This actually is not correct. This is from 2018. Between these numbers, you get a 75% discount. So this is the narrowing of the coverage gap, if you will. This is why, how it's getting smaller. You get a 75%. I had updated this slide, somehow it didn't get in here. 75, you pay 25. After you reach 51, so you can see it again. Again, this slide is not exactly right. You get 340 is correct. The most you can pay for a brand medication is $8.50. My key takeaway, more than these specifics, is due to the fact that we've got this stuff moving around and that it's an annual contract. And you can see, for example, in Michigan, there are gonna be 29 plans in Michigan. This entire combination gets changed every year. The idea that you can take your medications and your plan, I know it's comfortable to not make changes, Nevertheless, the competition is fierce. The moving parts are complicated. So the idea that your plan will miraculously be the best plan every single year, the probability, let's call it as low. Now, people may think, okay, well, it's not worth the trouble. To give you an idea, on the podcast, I gave a list of four medications. So it's, again, podcast 73 talks about it in depth. The reality is, is high to low can certainly, even within 29, I, I examined uh, Chicago. Okay. I examined Chicago and again, right around the 30 plans. So if your drug isn't on the formulary versus all your medications are on, are on the formulary, the difference here from high to low was well over $5,000 a year, four medications, four. So that's part A, part B, part D. Here. And now you can understand my point of financial contract, financial planner. Right? is that part A, part B, they do not have an out-of-pocket limit. This is a problem, right? Because this is introducing a financial risk. And I'm hopefully you don't have an unlimited number of benefit periods, right? That's pretty unlucky. Nevertheless, the downside in that instance is can continue on. And the thing that makes health 
insurance different than the cost of auto insurance is here because not you can break your leg many times you can have prostate cancer and a recurrence so it's not only you can wreck your car once right you know what the value of replacing your car is kellybluebook.com carfax.com what we do not know what you cannot know is the fact that you don't know the cost of healthcare for a particular issue and you don't know how long it will last that changes the value of this thing this financial contract to protect you against those from happening incurring the cost very different so that's why my conclusion original medicare then is a financial risk here are the two choices that people generally use VA is beyond the scope of today. TRICARE also beyond the scope of today, right? That has to be handled. And I am not a part of the Veterans Administration, okay? We go to Medigap first. This is the grid. You see it everywhere. Turn on TV. Soon you'll be able to see advertisements. The plans are labeled A through N. We'll, I'll show you a generic grid by a particular carrier next. Generally, higher premiums and superior cost sharing. We'll show you the grid to show you that extent. Here are the main things. That 1340 per benefit period, largely covered. There are two exceptions where there's a percentage. The co-pays, the 20% covered after you meet the Part B deductible, $183 in a calendar year. The 20% covered, co-pays to doctors covered, all of these things covered. Again, two plans in the middle, K and L, right, 50 and 75%. Remember the overage, the joint replacement, 23,000 to 20,000. These two plans cover the excess charge. Okay. Those are the only two. This plan will not be available to new applicants, to new applicants beginning in January, 2020. So I do get to take my victory lap here. I said that Maximize Your Medicare is in its sixth edition. I also in that first edition said, you know, there are some plans that are going to could be on the hook for restructuring. A few years later, CNF were the plans that I called, and not surprisingly, CNF are the ones to no longer be available on January 1st, 2020. Medigap should be understood, distinguished by this. Standardized. You can compare all of the clauses, every phrase in plan N from carrier one to carrier 20 is the same, identical. Identical. Grandfathered. And this means basically guaranteed renewable, meaning that as long as you pay premium, the language doesn't change. Nothing changes here. And this is valuable, right? I mean, and we don't have to be talking about insurance. Let's just talk about service contract with the electrician or plumber to your home, a maintenance contract. One, the seller gets to change the language. One, the seller doesn't get to change the language. Well, the one that the seller doesn't get to change the language, should you be willing to pay more for it? Yeah. We are not even talking about insurance, any commercial matter. 
This is, so you can see, thank you. I've hijacked, I've copied and pasted this grid from Priority Health, a high quality carrier uh, headquartered in Grand Rapids, Michigan. The reality is, like I said, due to the fact, same coverage across carriers, I've not released any proprietary information here, right? Specific to this carrier. It's all the same. It's not kind of the same. It has to be the same. And you can see it here. Right here. Like I said, the part B excess covered. So the question is going to be price, and that is a clear question that people have asked two other YouTube videos here that compare these two plans, F and G, and then G to N. You remember when we were talking about this? Likely, okay? So let's say you don't believe a single thing that Jay says. You think that I'm just blowing hot hot air and just like saying, oh, you know, like chicken little, the sky is falling. So you can see plan G, similar, except this, you have maybe copay up to $20, right? Maybe $50 emergency visit. Besides that, they're the same. Dot, 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 dot. Both plans, you have to pay the Part B deductible. The only difference then is this. This one and this one. So how much is this worth? Okay, $20, up to $20 off. So let's just call it an average of 10. How many times you go to the doctor? Let's call it four. And that's too frequent for some people. That's $40 for the year. So if I divide by 12, that's $3 a month, right? If you ask carriers by price, the difference between G and N is $20 a month. So again, let's just say we're just talking about an electri electrician service contract. The seller isn't selling the this box for zero. It's not worth zero. In fact, if I if I said if this difference between N and G is 20 a month and this part is explained by $3 a month, that makes this value here approximately $17 a month. In other words, it's not zero. Okay? So when so just think of it this way, the persons selling this stuff are full of unlimited computing power and unli virtually unlimited legal resources. And they don't have the right to jack up the rates just indiscriminately. Why? Because there's something called medical loss ratio, which means that the sellers need to use at least 80% of your premiums received on claims. Put yourself in the seller's shoe. You're, you want to get market share. You want to make your money. You know you have limits on your profitability. And yet, on the other hand, your hand you don't have any flexibility here. The seller won't sell it to you for any less than $20, from $20 a month difference. Okay? We don't need to know. We don't need to know too much about this. It's like that little trinket in the or a little feature in a car, and they call it safety feature. You're not really sure. 
I've given you the rationale, but you're not really sure. What you do though, is you can get an implied value by asking the seller, especially in this instance, because the seller's profitability is bounded by the medical loss ratio. It's pretty funny because you know, and the reason I'm being this enthusiastic about this in making this point is I'm also not splitting atoms here, right? We're not talking about my bond trading background. All we're doing is A plus B equals C. We know this is worth an estimate of approximately three. We know the difference is $20 a month. That means this must be worth 17. Now, I didn't say it's worth it, okay? In other words, that's the consumer's choice to say, okay, I want to keep that $17. I want to pay for the $17. That is up to you, right? This is not me saying it's worth it. I'm just telling you, okay, let's just agree it's not worth zero. And the only reason we need to know is in addition to my rationale, and you can accept or reject that, what we cannot reject is the idea the seller is not willing to sell it to you for any less than a $20 difference when I add these two together. That took a little longer. Anyway, so your acceptance in the Medigap until the age 65 and a half is guaranteed. And by guaranteed, it is using a terminology called Medicare Medigap Open Enrollment, 65 and a half, okay? In addition to that, if you are covered by health insurance while working beyond 65 and then you stop, then yes, you can have something called guaranteed issue. Right. These are side doors that allow you to get into Medigap without medical underwriting. However, once these windows close, here's what I'm saying is that Medigap entry is certainly getting harder. Perfect health, bulletproof, no medications, five foot and 10 male, 170 pounds. You're probably safe. imperfect health, however, and again, just remove the idea of insurance. The federal government is making the sellers off, if you want to be involved and you want to be competitive, right? You want your, your customers. This is just common sense. And to give you an idea on how competitive it is, so in mid-Michigan, two-hour drive north of Ann Arbor, hour and a half, no, hour and a half from Ann Arbor, okay, where I'm broadcasting from today. So if you go north by hour and a half, what will you find? Five, easily five sellers within $10 a month. I was on a podcast the other day in Iowa, Des Moines. 10 sellers within $12 a month. The, in other words, the competition is fierce. That said, the entry outside the guaranteed issue or open enrollment period is getting harder. And not part of these slides is the idea in the question, okay, well, I'm now 68 and I'm just going to send out five applications to five different carriers. Well, a couple of things. Number one is that the sellers get to ask you whatever they want. Let's not presume that they are asking the same questions. They aren't. Their biases are different. So I tell people it's like taking a history test. You sit down, surprise, it's a pop quiz. It's your history pop quiz. You sit down at the desk. You look at the test questions. You realize this doesn't look like history. Teacher smiles and says, I didn't say American history. Welcome to your ancient Egyptian history pop quiz. 
meaning that the carriers get to ask you what they want. They get to use their own scale and they're going to have their own determinations on what medical health situations they're going to accept and which ones they are not. After the open enrollment period, after the guaranteed issue period, that becomes the determination of the seller. Now, so some people tell me, okay, well, I'm just going to send out to five different carriers. Except for one thing. You remember the teacher? The teacher, They have a teacher's lounge. Right? In addition to that, one of the questions is, have you ever been denied under Medigap for underwriting reasons? And you've signed that it's that you've signed truthfully. So now you can see it that if you failed three history quizzes and there is a teacher's lounge, the chance of passing history quiz four, not great. And again, we don't have to be have knowledge of Black Scholes formula or implied volatility or any other fancy, you know, mathematic terms to con to consider financial contracts. Medicare Advantage annual contract approved annually. So you keep your red, white, and blue card, your federal card in your pocket. You pull out your Medicare Advantage card to doctor, hospital, pharmacy. Generally speaking, it, co it combines A, B, and in most cases, prescription drug coverage, most. And by most, I'm talking about something on the order anecdotally of 80%, 85% would cover it. So if there are 30 plans in total in a particular state, four to five of them would be without Part D. The rest would be with Part D. And that is pretty close to actually correct. So again, annual contract. That, But that means all the moving parts. Health deductible, drug deductible, office visit, diagnostic, durable medical equipment, all of these things, inpatient hospital stay, skilled nursing facility stay, all of that is determined by the plan. All of it. A fairly lengthy video yesterday on the YouTube channel actually has me going through Medicare.gov for you and actually going through the city of Chicago where I went to graduate school and using the zip code to try to compare and not to make a suggestion. Again, today is not financial advice, right? But on how to actually go through the exercise of comparing Medicare Advantage plans that exists. So in addition to these moving parts here, you need to understand network. So Medicare Advantage has the networks have slightly different meanings than we, what you may have been used to. There are open networks now. There's HM, HMO POS. So in other words, my point being is that what you thought a network meant may have had some more favorable rules for you but they again are going to vary from plan to plan. The sellers are competing on every single detail here, all of them. So that again, much like part D, much like the implications, since it's annual contract, city of Chicago, more than 30 Medicare Advantage plans and all of the moving parts, all moving. The idea that one plan is going to be the best for you over a decade, just not that likely and not necessarily negative. In other words, anecdotally, I can tell you that if anything, I see premiums lower. I see co-pays for doctor's visits lower. I see networks wider in certain instances. 
Okay. We're almost to the end. So you can understand from what I'm saying here that I don't think that, and some people have said, okay, well, I think that Medicare Advantage is going to die. And you could have heard of this, you know, years ago. I just don't find that to be logically come from a common sense perspective. I don't see that to be true right now. 30% market share. CEOs of the largest Medicare Advantage plans, multiple of them in public, think you're going to 50%. And all you really need to know, you don't have to be a Medicare person. You don't have to be an insurance person. All you have to be is, a, is some common sense. More sellers are entering. Big National sellers are trying to buy small sellers. Why? They're I'll tell you. I'll just tell you why. Because creating this is hard work by the seller. It's a lot faster just for the big guy to swallow the small guy. So they have this built-in network of people, meaning doctors, hospitals, labs. Add that carriers are entering, not exiting. Plus, this is a real number. The low single digits is the estimate of what Medicare Advantage plans think they're going to make per enrollee as a pool of enrollees under Medicare Advantage. So you remember I was saying in the similar way that they're not parting with this for anything less than $20 in total. Those are the same sellers, types of sellers, angling and estimating that as your profit margin. What is the practical chance of them being wrong? It also is the source of comfort for consumers, right? Because it now also tells you when you sit at senior hour or at the senior center over coffee, the insurance company is trying to rip me off. Given how competitive I just described it, given this, there needs, there must have been some other explanation. This is not a surprise, right? 50%, 30% to 50%. The sellers spot the opportunity, 60 million of you. Health deductible declining. I now see health deductibles at zero and multiple, in multiple locations, absolutely available. Open network, meaning not needing a referral even within HMO. These are just examples. These are just examples. At additional added benefits. What we see very frequently is, for example, if you have mobility problem, you can have a shower bar that can be part. And is a very it's quite a common one. In addition to the period we're going to start, which goes from October 15th to December 7th, which most people do currently understand, or many do understand, you can make your changes to Part D. You can make changes to Medicare Advantage. We're going to have one more. So we used to have this thing, which was a disenrollment period, which ran from January 1st to uh, Valentine's Day. That is That is gone. This has replaced it. You can change among Medicare Advantage plans without restriction once. You can change front, you can cancel Medicare Advantage plan and go to original Medicare and prescription drug plan. Does that mean that you can change into a prescription drug plan and a Medigap plan. Yes, except, and the most important thing here is you need to be accepted by the Medigap carrier. 
So either you're protected by the side doors that I described, meaning open enrollment or guaranteed issue, or you could have another exception which allows you a side door in order to know how to get into Medigap. Knowing exceptions, that's now what you can understand on what I'm doing. Okay. This is what persons who understand the ins and outs of how to get enrolled at the carriers you want, at the price you want, exists. Why somebody would want to do this? Well, you can say that sometimes there's a misunderstanding about the network. Prescription not covered as stated in a particular Medicare Advantage plan versus another. That's possible. These are possible. Is it better? Remember, and this is my personal opinion. I got asked uh, in Petoskey, which was an interesting question, but no, I find it impossible to believe that the carriers are going to be able to double back and change the price if everyone leaves. That's their contract. Certainly this is better. Due to the fact you have this wider window and you can change with among Medicare Advantage. Now you can't make five changes. You can only make one change, but certainly better. So we're at the end and I'm going to swerve here to talk about Medicare and you know its place in retirement planning. The fact of the matter is that many of the strategies used to get, especially for married couples, to get double dipping, unintended benefits by Social Security are now closed. Okay. So as a result, your variance of income has declined. It does, that's not to say we shouldn't look at it. Of course, we I handle that matter, of course. But you can see these contracts. So this is a previous life to deal with complicated financial investment contracts. The problem here is that all of the definitions are not standardized. In other words, insurance company life and guaranteed life enhanced plus. Insurance company B's guaranteed income rider. The way they define it, the way they calculate it, the, the payouts across them, across different situations varies and there's no real standardized ways to compare. Medicare has standardized language. They, you know what the Part B deductible is. You know what the notion of approved charge is. As a result, you have an easier way of comparing the contracts that can cover you after. That's it for today, um, especially for video. I don't think it's productive for more. This is the website for the book. Amazon runs the world. The reality is this is just the suggested retail price. This price is too high, I'm sure. It's all up on the book, on the website of the book. Please subscribe to the channel here. That's the website of, of my firm, which has the complete set of financial services, gh2benefits.com. I am the chairperson of something called the Great Humanity Healthcare Foundation. It is money used to help those who are challenged by medical debt. So I give you the simple, the sam, simple simplest example. 
young family, $10,000 deductible. There's not a community. There's not a segment of our society that is unaffected. So this is to help insured persons that are overwhelmed by medical debt. So please go and find out more. Greathumanityhf.org. Reality is you can see all of these activities here. So I consolidated, you know, my, even my mother asked me, what is it you actually do? I said, I wear a lot of hats. These are some of those hats. I'm Jay. Thank you so much for watching. You have contact details running in the banner above their email address as well as website. Please subscribe to the YouTube channel. Till next time.